0: Welcome to episode number seven of Football Introspection. Hey, we're moving, eh? Um, yeah, I am your host, Anati. And in today's episode, we're going to have our daily recap, as we always do. And then we'll talk about today's quiz. Um, we'll also talk about some transfer news. And I have a special segment that I'll discuss, which will be called Goal Scorers versus Finishers. And I'll give you guys my perspective on who I think is a goal scorer. Who I think is a finisher. And what I think the difference between the two are. So yeah. Stay tuned and get comfortable. So yeah. Alright. So let's get into the recap. And we'll start on Monday night. The only Premier League football that was played on Monday. United versus Wolves. Wolves won the game one no. Um, Even before the game starts. And you check the formations that the teams used. Obviously with Ralph. United did used that. Four, two 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 um formation is very confusing because sometimes i say too many twos cause, yeah there are a lot of twos in that but anyway um then wolves played a three four three and under bruno large if you are to watch wolves play when he sets up his formation when he goes for a three four three he tend yeah it tends to seem that he believes that he has the advantage, or not the, necessarily the advantage, but that he can attack the other team's defense. Maybe he can hold the ball more often and then exploit the defensive frailties of the opposition team. And then when he plays a three-five-two, it's more like he wants to contain the opposition and play more on the counter attack. With both systems, I do believe that, or he still does play on the counter attack more often than not. But when he has a three-five-two, it's just stiffening up the midfield, so there's no spaces in between the lines, between the defence and the midfield, between the um, wide and the central channels and everything. So when he lined up with a 3-4-3, I saw that um, he's probably going to want to hold more possession than normal, or let me not say hold more possession, but attack United more. So when they get the ball, let's make sure now let's try and hurt them as much, especially because United had Jones in starting for the first time almost in two years. So there was always going to be some communication problems between Jones and Varane. And Jones is himself of, is he, like, does he believe in himself that he can actually play at the Premier League level because it's been long that he's played. And I don't know when you're playing against a striker like Raul Jimenez in under-23 football and stuff like that. So... Yeah, I think I agree and I liked what Bruno Lash did. He saw that there's a chance that we can attack this team. Obviously, he wasn't 100% sure of the lineup that United are going to set up. But then he's like, okay, fine, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm trust my boys. Defensively, we know we're solid. We have the second best defense in the league. and then But we have the second worst attack in the league as well. So let's add more offensive flair so we can create more chances. And hopefully, we'll take one of those chances. And eventually, they did. John Moutinho got his goal off of... A, um, Jones clearing header which I'm not going to blame Jones like if you want to be super critical you can be but it's not that hectic because yeah fine he headed the ball to the edge of the box which is not the best thing to do but I think the midfielders should be in and around that area anyway so but yeah United anyway didn't play great Jones was probably their second best player on the field after Te so I don't think he was terrible Um, on Monday night and for Ralph, I think Ralph needs to play players like Donny or Jaylings if he's going to stick to this 4 2 formation because um, the wider players, the second form of two, they either need to be able to dribble the ball very well or run with the ball or run into spaces. And it's not just normal spaces as in running out wide like a winger now we're talking about tight spaces where central midfielders play number 10s play so bruno doesn't have that ability to dribble with the ball his best ability is passing the ball and donny's best ability is getting himself into these cute spaces to do these flicks and tricks and then get into boxes set up assists score goals and then jay links similar but he can run with the ball and then he has that finishing or that end product we saw it at west ham and if um, Ralph is sleeping, Jayling is, is going to leave and he's going to regret it, especially with this formation of his, it's either he needs to change formation so he can accommodate players like Fernandez, or he needs to play the correct players that suit the system and not play players according to name. Last night, we also had the first semi-final of the EFL Cup, or the League Cup, and it was Chelsea versus Spurs at Stamford Bridge. Welcome home for Antonio Conte. And I remember talking to one of my friends. He was busy telling me, no, is going to give us tough what dot." I'm like, yeah, no, Conte is a quality manager, but Spurs is still trash. So I wasn't really surprised that Chelsea ended up winning the game 2-0, but we should have won the game with a bigger scoreline because 2-0 at halftime, second half came, we had chances. First half, we also had chances, but we didn't convert. And that is the problem with Chelsea, that they're not converting enough chances. So when they do concede, that's why they draw games and they lose games because you find they drawing games one-one. So yeah, Chelsea just need to find a way to convert. And then hopefully they will maintain that lead or build onto it in next week's um second leg. And then yeah, the the other semi-final got postponed due to um COVID numbers for Liverpool. So yeah, man, this is a lot that I can say about this because you look at it. Back in... I think it was last season, or the season. Yeah, last season. Aston Villa had to play Liverpool with a completely youth squad. it was the same tournament. And then Chelsea now had to use youth players to play against... um What do you call... Brentford. So, like... I don't know. The EFL... It seems a little bit unfair. Because I understand... Premier League and EFL are two different competitions. And have two different governing bodies. So... They also need to say what needs to happen. I do agree that Liverpool shouldn't play, but I'm just saying that we need more clarity on what do we need to get our games postponed because Liverpool had to appeal to get the game postponed. It wasn't something where the EFL came forward and said, oh no, after Liverpool took out their numbers, they're like, "Ah, you know what, let's um, postpone this game. Liverpool had to appeal for that. So yeah, I think we just need more clarity also in that cup competition so we know what is happening and what falls in the criteria of getting games postponed so that no fan feels like their team is getting cheated because Eddie Howe was questioning the integrity of the Premier League because of some teams are getting postponements, other teams are not. So it's hard to say what benefits which team because it could benefit you if you get a postponement. But then again, it also may not benefit you when you have a postponement. So yeah, I just think the clarity needs... There needs to be clarity to say, okay, this is what gives you a postponement and this is what doesn't get you a postponement. And then we know, okay, fine, the integrity of the competition is not in question. On to La Liga. Um, On Monday night, there were three fixtures. Villarreal beat Levante 5-0. And I just want to give another shout out to Gerard Moreno, who's keeping up his impressive form. That is now seven goals and one assist in four games. So he's literally averaging two goal contributions a game, which is amazing. That almost guarantees you a victory and it's closer to guaranteeing you at least a point in the game. So that's that's um, quality form from Jared Moreno. And then Osasuna, beat, oh, Osasuna lost to Athletic Club 3-1. And Oihan Sanse, he is a former Osasuna youth player. He got his first career hat-trick at the age of 21. So congr- congratulations to him. I know that'll be a big moments for him. So yeah, congratulations to you. boy. Well, hopefully you continue scoring more goals, get more hat-tricks, banging more goals, maybe you get a big signing move and you go play some Champions League football. And then last game was Sevilla versus cadiz And Sevilla won that game 1-0. So that means Sevilla are still five points behind Real Madrid with the game in hand. They win that game in hand. It's obviously two points. And now it's getting like pressure moments for Real Madrid now because now it's becoming a proper title chase because people have always been talking about oh, Atleti and Barca have fallen off. But Sevilla is the one that is the one that's fighting. They're fighting to win a La Liga. So congratulations to them. I'm glad that the La Liga still have another title race in them. Hopefully... Sevilla last all the way until the end whether they win it or not is another situation but at least another title race that's happening in another league so yeah that's good for them and then in the Copa del Rey there was the round of 32 that has been played and all the big hitters won like there's no special mention that I want to go talk about except for Barça who beat Linares Deportivo 2-1 and the only reason why I want to talk about this is because Danny Alves has made his second debut. So congratulations to him. Um, Yeah, it's uh, good to be back at the club for him. I believe he's happy. He's always said that if they need his help, then he's willing to come back and help. And he's actually wearing the number eight jersey. So yeah, that's that's a different like sight or yeah, sight for a right back to be wearing number eight. But congratulations to him on getting his second debut for the club. So, too, with the Coupe de France, in terms of um, the big hit as well, most of the games were played on the weekend. So, the one game that I do want to just also have a short mention is um, Van versus PSG. PSG won that game 4-0. Mbappe scored a hat-trick, so congratulations to him, another hat-trick for the boy. And Xavi Sim- Simmons got an assist and... Yeah, very highly rated young player, young Dutch midfielder. And there were talks I think around November, October with his agent that was saying if he's not getting enough game time then he's gonna look for football somewhere else and possibly on a permanent transfer and not on a loan. So Poch must decide if he believes that he's going to use Chavi Simmons, assuming that Poch stays in the job for the next two to three seasons. So he just needs to think, Okay, is Chavi Simmons gonna be someone that I wanna keep? So if he is, then it's not necessarily saying that he needs to start every game or start every second game, but more substitute appearances because he's only had one substitute appearance this season in the league and that was a two-minute substitute appearance. And I don't think, yeah, obviously, it's nice to be on the field, but I don't think he's happy with that. And obviously, you know your quality as a player, so you'd believe if you good enough, then you'd believe that, no, actually, I deserve to be playing more football, whether it's at PSG or at a different club. So, the recap is going to end now, but just with uh, like live football that's currently happening as well, and then we're going to move on to what's next. So, um, in terms of the recap or the live football that is being played now, Sampdoria is playing against Cagliari and Cagliari are 2-1 up. They just um, scored two goals in the second half to come back from a 1-0 deficit at halftime. And then... Inter-Polonia was supposed to be playing as well at this time, but their game is postponed. Then there's later on with Atalanta and Torino, they got postponed. Then Salernitana versus Venezia, um, they also got postponed their game. So those are three Serie A games that got postponed. All 10 Serie A games are playing today, and then they're also going to play again on Sunday. Um, but for tonight's fixtures or today's fixtures, the highlight There's Milan versus Roma later on in the afternoon, and then there will be Juve versus Napoli as the last kickoff. I think it's at quarter to ten. So, as they call it, the six sisters, the seven sisters that they have. It's Juve, Napoli, Milan, Roma, Inter, Fiorentina, and Rome, and Lazio. So the seven sisters. We have four of the sisters that are playing each other tonight, and yeah, that's going to be some interesting football. So check that out. So to continue the what's next or what to look forward to this coming week, um, we'll just continue with Serie A for the time being. And then on Sunday, as I mentioned, there will be some more fixtures. Again, 10 fixtures are scheduled. Some will be postponed or possibly will be postponed. But the highlight fixtures of that day will be Roma versus Juve and Inter versus Lazio. I suspect Inter-Lazio may go ahead unless... Um, there's a big COVID outbreak because the Inter-Bologna game got postponed because of Bologna players. They were the ones who had the massive outbreak of COVID. So in terms of Inter's players, I think that they've got enough fit players at this point in time that they will be able to play against Lazio. Obviously, we never know. As Thomas says, Thomas Tuchel says that it's always a gamble because you test one day, then you have to test the next day and test the next day. So you're never sure on who's going to be fit for the, game tomorrow so yeah okay um on to the spanish football that's upcoming from tonight until sunday evening there are some more Copa del red round of 32 fixtures tonight you can check it out Leti is playing but yeah there's nothing that is like standing out and then um on saturday real madrid versus valencia and on Sunday, Valeria versus Atleti. And then these are in the league. So these are league fixtures. And, yeah, it's that's the uh, league is getting a bit more interesting. So now Real Madrid lose this game and then Sevilla win the game in hand. And then they write on their ass. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting. So keep up with La Liga as well, guys. Then there's some more league uh, fixtures this weekend. And the big game of the weekend comes on Sunday. Lyon versus PSG so that'll be a very interesting game because if you recall what happened between the Paris fans and the Lyon fans at the Coupe de France game there was talks that there were PSG fans there as well so now it's a home game for Lyon so their fans aren't banned for the game so PSG fans will also be travelling so it'll be interesting to see how the fans behave especially in terms of like throwing things on the field as well so like if PSG have a corner what are the Lyon fans going to do so it'll be an interesting game to watch and then um i heard that messi actually had a false positive so it's actually negative so i think messi will be fit enough to start the game on the weekend and then if we move on to england and this weekend in england it's fa cup fixtures so the start of the FA Cup, I think it's around three, there's no big fixtures, you know, it's always the Premier League side, it's probably versing like a team in the fourth tier, second, um, third tier, all of that, so it's nothing huge, so check those games out, no special mentions, I'll talk about anything that happens that is very like special or that needs to be mentioned on Monday's episode, and then Bundesliga comes back this weekend as well, it actually comes back tomorrow. And I think the big game of the game week is tomorrow, which is Bayern Munich versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. And just to um, help jog your memory a bit, if you've forgotten, um, they played each other in the cup match, and Mönchengladbach beat Bayern 5-0. And then in the league match, they drew 2-2. So, yeah, monchengladbach Bayern will be an interesting game. Check that game out as well, I think. It's one of the games that Bayern struggle, like to like to play like against Dortmund. Most of the time, you can predict three two, and you'll probably find that the correct scoreline is three two Bayern. So yeah, and then the big tournament kicks off this this Sunday, and it's Afcon, as um, I hope you guys know. So we'll kick off with Cameroon versus Burkino Faso, and then the second game will be Ethiopia versus Cape Verde. I'm excited for Afcon and um, yeah, let the best team win. Um, unfortunately, from our side of it, for a majority of us that listen to this and myself, uh, South African. So, unfortunately for us, we do not have our boys participating in this competition. So yeah, but good luck to everyone. Gonna watch it as a neutral, probably just support like Chelsea players or something like that. But yeah, I think it'll be a very interesting tournament to watch. So, yeah. So, the quiz today, or the quiz of today, let's just get into it. And the first question was Who did Senegal accuse, or which Premier League club did Senegal accuse for them keeping their players unless they make it to the quarterfinals? And the club was Watford and it is really fucked up because they don't want to let an african go partake in his trophy or his continental competition they want to keep him which i 100 percent agree with that decision and um yeah i think they should at least if they're keeping them then ban them that fifa should say okay fine you don't want to let him go on international duty then you can't use your player throughout the duration of AFCON so it's the same effect just send them there to AFCON and allow them to play but um, I doubt it'll happen and but that's the thing this um, thing that I'm saying is that it happened for South American players earlier on this season if the clubs stopped their players from going then they would ban them so yeah next question who had the second debut after 4,893 days that was Danny Alves and just a quick um, tip or reminder that Quiz is done over things that happened over the past seven days so when I put in players like Ronaldo, Billy Shop, and Lukaku they're just there to confuse you guys because there's not a lot of people who had their second debut firstly and then secondly in the past seven days so yeah and then um, the player who who got banned for using the wrong um, drug or wrong pill was Andre Onana, he had a headache after a Champions League game in October 2020. And then um, he got tested after he took a pill, thinking that this is a paracetamol or whatever, but the pills look very similar. And then, um, yeah, the pill was actually for his wife when when she was pregnant. And um, yeah, then he took it, he got tested. And then eventually he got banned for 12 months, but then it got cut down to nine months. So we can actually go represent Cameroon at AFCON. And, yeah, the the other thing is, if his ban was, like, throughout AFCON, let's say it didn't get shortened to 12 months, I know he wasn't going to play. But if we go back to 2018, um, Paulo Carrero from Peru, he was banned for doping and actually using proper drugs. And his ban got paused so he can go play at the World Cup. So, yeah, we all know why. Um, That happened and why it wouldn't have happened for Onana. Well, I'm guessing it wouldn't have happened for Onana. And next question would be who's Newcastle's first signing under their new ownership? It's most likely going to be Trippier's or confirmed by Fabrizio. He's already at Newcastle since last night. He's just completing everything else. So he's signing and doing the medical. And then should be confirmed or saying by today. So maybe at worst tomorrow. So yeah. And then the only Premier League club. With 100 red cards. who's Arsenal. And yeah, as I said in the previous episode, I believe that cost them the victory or a chance of getting a victory against Man City. So yeah, guys, that's that's the quiz. Um, thank you for participating in the quiz. And yeah, I look forward to asking you guys more questions. And then Sunday, the poll will come up. So look out for that. And then again, next week, Thursday, we will have a quiz. It's January, and we all know January means transfer season is open. And I just want to have a quick recap and just give you some players that have made some transfers. Maybe you've missed it, or maybe you have seen it. So Rafinha, the brother of Thiago Alcantara, left PSG on loan to join Real Sociedad. Happy for him. I really like him. I think he is a good midfielder. So glad that he may get some game time. Hopefully he does get game time there at Sociedad, and then maybe he can make the World Cup squad. And then another one. If you guys remember Bakari Sako. He used to play at Palace when Yannick Polasi was also there. Ah, he was amazing. I really enjoyed him. Kind of buffish, left-footed winger. I loved him. He he joined set ATN. He was a free agent. So, yeah, I just saw that and I'm like, oh, wow. This chance. I remember him. And then Brian Robbie. So he's a young Dutch striker, teenage striker, who left Ajax to join Leidespieg at the end of last season and now is going back to Ajax on loan because it hasn't worked out at um Leitbierg. And then Everton signed a left back Mikhilenko, young Ukrainian left back from Dynamo Kiev. So he's expected to take Dean's place in the Everton lineup and that's where Luka Dean might move. There's links with him, with Chelsea, and with Newcastle. And then, Jonathan Ikone from Lille has moved to Fiorentina. When this deal was happening, people are getting excited because they thought, oh, Dusan Vlahovic may be leaving in January. But no, that's not the case. It's just to supplement the squad. So, Vlahovic will be leaving in the summer because he already told the club he doesn't want to sign a new contract. So, yeah. And then... Final um, recap of the transfers would be Ricardo Pepe. He's a teenage striker from America who was playing at Dallas and is moving to Augsburg. So he joins the contingent of young young American players who go and join the Bundesliga. So when I look at players that score goals, I define them as goal scorers and finishers. And today we're going to talk about what the difference between a goal scorer is and what the difference between a finisher is. So, the biggest names that I'll consider as a goal scorer would be Sala and Timo Werner. And then, bigger names that I consider as finishers would be players like Aquero, Ronaldo, Messi. Those are players that I consider Lewandowski Lewandowski's are considered as um, finishers. Um, to look at another finisher who's lower quality would be Dwight Gale and Billy Sharp. And then a goal scorer would be Timo Pukki or Glenn Murray. And the big difference for me between a goal scorer and a finisher is a goal scorer scores goals. And goals that are scrappy, goals that are not great finishers, it's just goals. He scores goals. Finishers, when they score, they score quality finish so when you look at Haaland, when Haaland scores Haaland puts it in the top corner because he knows how to finish people that don't know how to finish are not going to put it in the top corner on such a regular basis as harland does and that's the biggest difference between the two so goal scorers will score goals finishers may not score goals but a finisher may all can also be a goal scorer so it's just when you look at it it's like how good is the finishing when you score your goal, I remember when I had this chat with a friend of mine a couple years ago. Salah scored a goal where he ran it into the net and not into an empty net and there was no keeper. He ran, was going one on one with the keeper, then like he tripped over himself a bit, and then the ball beat the goalkeeper and went in. And then I mentioned that, and I was like, "No, you see, Salah's not a great finisher. He's not a clinical finisher. He's a goal scorer because he gets a chance." And then he scores the goal. Yes, it's clinical, but he's not a finisher. So if anything, is like a clinical goal scorer, but not a finisher. And like if you get Haaland one-on-one, Haaland is not going to stumble over the ball and it's going to go in. Haaland is going to chip, he's going to put it in the top corner, he's going to cut it around the goalkeeper. He's going to score a great goal, essentially, in terms of the finishing, if you had to like rate it in terms of how good the finishing was. So, yeah, that's what I mean. By a goal scorer and a finisher and it's not to say that goal scorers are not good players and it's not to say that finishers are great players or not good players as well it's just it depends also on your role so when you look at a striker if a striker a goal scorer then you have to say that he's doing his job perfectly well but then before this season um i'd looked at Salah and i'm like this guy's a goal scorer but he's a winger And his job as a winger is not necessarily to score all the goals. Yes, he's part of the front three and he scores a lot of goals, so that is good. And it is part of his job, but it's not his main job. His main job would probably be creating chances for the striker, creating chances for others. And um, the match where I changed my opinion on Salah, and currently I say Salah is the second best player in the world behind Big Benz. I think what Big Benz is doing is absurd. I agree. They're almost doing the same numbers and everything, but oh Big Ben's the way he's doing it because he links up play and he, he he's doing what, almost what Harry Kane used to do last season, but just at a higher rate and more consistent because Harry Kane eventually fell off, but Big Ben's still continuing with his assists and goals. He's not going to get four assists in one game, but he will continue, maybe get a goal and two assists, two assists, a goal, a goaler and an assist, an assist in a game. type of numbers, but that's besides the point. Um, the game where I said Salah what well, is the best Premier League player currently, or for the season rather, was the game against Man City and the two goals that Liverpool scored. The first one where he set up Mane when they started deep, playing a 1-2 and beating Cancelo for pace, beating with skill, gone past him, made it look easy, played a perfectly weighted through ball to Mane, Mane finished. And then the second one, when he um, went dancing with Manchester City defenders and then ended up putting it in the back of the net and essentially did the same thing against Watford the next weekend. But I don't, not that I don't rate what he did against Watford, but doing it against a side like Man City is way more impressive than doing it against Watford. And not only because Man City have better defenders, but because of the pressure. There's, this is a huge game. This is um, a title like deciding game, not necessarily deciding, but then it's part of the like the title battle. Let's say relegation battle. Let's say title battle. So yeah, so with all that pressure that he had on him, and he did that. That was quality. I still say Salah, world class player, but a great finisher and not a not a great finisher, a great goal scorer and not a great finisher. And then um, if we're looking at Players that are uh, quality finishes, and I'll bring up um, Billy Sharp on why I say Billy Sharp is a great finisher. He may be playing in the championship, but then if you watch one of the goals, I forgot who he's got against, but even if you watch the type of goals that he scores, when Billy Sharp heads the ball, he's a very short player, but when he heads the ball, he knows okay, fine, to put it in that corner, I need to put a certain amount of power and a certain amount of placement or trajectory with use my head in a certain way to get it there and to beat the goalkeeper. And that's what Billy Shop does. And that's what clinical players do. They know that, okay, fine, I need to do X, Y, and Z to get the ball into the back of the net. Oh, wow, look at me, I'm a rapper. I think I must give up this podcast life and start rapping jokes. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah, clinical finishes are players, as I mentioned, like your Agueros, like your Bully Shop for me, um, Romelu Lukaku. Actually, talking about Chelsea players, um, Lukaku, maybe not the most clinical finisher, but I think he is a good finisher. But I wanted to talk about Werner as well as being a goal scorer. And before he joined Chelsea, um, I remember COVID break happened, and then Bundesliga came back first. So I was watching a lot of Bundesliga back then, and I watched some nights back, because I knew that he was also being linked, and then he signed for Chelsea. So I wanted to see what type of player he is, because I didn't rate... um, timo Werner as a finisher so i need to see okay no am i getting this wrong or what because the earlier that season in the round of 16 the first leg before covid he's got a penalty against spurs people are raving on him and I'm like ah, not really for me then covid happened and then we came back and i saw him miss a lot of chances but i saw him also score some goals he didn't score as many as he did like before covid but he scored a few goals and i'm like you know what This guy is what I was expecting him to be, even when he came to Chelsea. He's a goal scorer and not a clinical finisher. If he can get his confidence up, then he can score goals and he can score clinical goals. Like, he can have clinical finishes, but then to be a clinical finisher, you need to do it on a regular basis, on a high consistency. And that's what um, they don't do for me. They just put the ball in the back of the net. Obviously, Salah's goal against Chelsea is a quality finish. I agree, but... I still believe that he isn't a finisher and he's a goal scorer. So to Timo Werner, you can see that the goals that he can score, sometimes you can see it's very scruffy. You've seen, there was a match where Timo Werner cleared the ball off the line when he was supposed to be scoring and a finisher doesn't clear the ball off the line. He scores that. And a goal scorer, because sometimes his technique may be off, he doesn't score that. So yeah, he's another big one. So when I look at his Chelsea numbers and everything, and his goal scoring numbers, I'm disappointed because he's my striker. and I need him to be scoring more goals and all of that. But in that same breath, I know that he's not a finisher. I know he's a goal scorer. The only thing is that if he can get his confidence up and most likely he's going to score more goals and they may not be as clinical as other players that maybe like a Kai Havertz or something like that. So yeah, goal scorer finisher two big two different things but maybe a goal scorer may be more essential or more vital than a finisher so like delhi ali for me he's just goal scoring midfielder all he has is goals If he doesn't have goals he's trash and um lingard was the same until he went to um west ham but before that if he didn't score goals then he was trash so that's um it's what we're trying what we're kind of seeing now with Bruno when he's not scoring goals then he's trash why can't you still put on proper balls and all of that when you're not scoring goals but yeah before I rant too much that's the difference for me between a goal scorer and a finisher and that's the end of today's episode you guys have been amazing even though I've done all the talking and you guys have done all the listening probably laughed at my terrible jokes probably didn't because i'm not really that funny but <laughs> lol jokes um anyway thank you for everything thanks for listening stay tuned to football introspection and i'll check you guys later bye